0: All right, good evening, and uh, thank you for the kind introduction. My name is Koichi Nakano, and uh, I'll be speaking for um, 20 minutes or so, uh, and um, and then Chris will follow. And uh, it's my pleasure to to be here. And uh, before I begin, um, I probably have to say a few things uh, about where I stand and what I do. Uh, I'm a political scientist by training, but... um, in the recent years, I've also been involved in uh civic activism and um, I don't claim to be impartial uh, in the past election. I was uh, actively involved in uh campaigning also for the uh, opposition parties um, and um, uh, I have actually joined the campaign in some cases and I was on the street with a microphone and <laughs> rooting for some candidates uh There's one who lost, In Mie, uh, that I went to campaign for, but um, most others uh, won, one way or another. Uh, But anyway, so uh, what I'm saying here is that um, I actually have a rather difficult position to to take, because as a political scientist, I try to understand what's going on, analyze what's going on as objectively as possible, and I still try to do that. Uh, but I also have certain positions and so my own assessment of what happened is also uh, quite nuanced because on the one hand, I mean, it's it's a bit like, you know, that the glass is half full and the glass is half empty uh, and uh, that's what I feel about the result of the election, uh, I guess, in, in many ways uh, and um, as a political scientist i tend to be fairly pessimistic about the health of japanese democracy and uh, but on the other hand as somebody who's actively involved in politics i also feel that there are reasons to be optimistic uh, so in that sense you know i'm not quite sure what i what i think <laughs> depending on the hat, uh, uh, hat that i wear uh and uh, that's where i where I am. But anyway, um, I only have one slide here. I hope you can see. And uh, I'll be sort of uh, giving an overview of the election and uh, what I think uh, we are, uh, where we are. And uh, hopefully in the discussions, if you are interested, I can say a bit more about uh, my own sort of, you know, uh, more subjective uh, stance and what I know from being part of the opposition campaign uh, to stop Abe. Uh, obviously not successfully but uh, still uh, there are certain uh, silver lining in the cloud I think uh, well but looking at the overall results first uh, I hope you can see the um, basically on the left hand side you have the past elections and on the right hand side you have the you know the last election uh, that just happened and if you look at the turnout uh, you can see that it's been falling quite a bit Um uh, actually, this trend uh, has begun in 1993, so it's been going on for some time. Since 1993, there's been rather steady, uh, you know, sort of downward trend uh, to low turnout, and it reached its nadir uh, in the last election, 2014. So, 2014 was the lowest ever in post-war Japan, with 52.7% of people uh, only turning up. And this time, it's not much better. It's only one percent higher, at fifty-three point seven percent. So, that alone, I think, gives us idea about how, you know, um, the uh, how um, the uh, you know the conditions of liberal democracy in Japan is is in danger. It's not good. And actually, you know, there are plenty of reasons to think that fifty-three point seven percent, even though it's very low it's actually better than i feared at certain point i was afraid that the turnout would be lower than 50 percent and the reasons for that is of course the bad weather in fact the horrible weather on the voting day right the typhoon and it was actually you know it made us worried whether it's uh it's a good idea to encourage people to vote even in some places right because you couldn't be 100% sure about the safety, uh, or whether you can ca- go back to your home <laughs> after you vote. So, uh, and you know, even around Tokyo, there are places that got flooded, and you know, I met a colleague yesterday uh, who uh, who's deprived of water in Kawagoe, in Saitama. So, uh, you know, there was some serious damage um, as a result of the bad weather. And that's not when the you know the, the voting goes up, usually. But there is another reason and the this other reason is man-made and that's to do with the fact that there were two new parties that were born right at the time when the official campaign period was beginning right so two new parties uh what like three weeks before the election that's not good right the voters get confused and uh particularly the younger voters right because some of you are wondering why the japanese youth are so conservative why do they vote for ldp why do they vote for abe uh, well, one simple reason because that 's the only party and that's that 's the only prime minister they know right uh the c d p j uh you know of course they are not supported by the youth because they don 't know it uh you have to have an interest in politics you have to read the newspaper and you have to know about the background of different parties in order to support it uh and to vote it uh, vote for it so uh it 's no wonder that the l d p you know Continuously have a brand name because it's it's been around for for quite some time. Um, anyway, so two new parties being born, and then is Koike against Abe? Is is she really supporting Abe secretly? That kind of confusion really discouraged people from voting. And uh, to give you an idea in terms of comparison, you know, you, you know about the 1993 election, the historical election when the LDP fell from power for the first time in 38 years, Hosokawa government, right? Uh, Hosokawa, he's a graduate of Sophia, the, uh, the only uh, graduate of Sophia who became prime minister. But, um, you know, that historical election I actually took place uh, at that time uh, with the lowest turnout ever in post-war. It's still higher than what it is now, but it's not like people enthusiastically went to vote. People were actually very confused, and so they didn't show up. Uh, because, you know, Ozawa left the LDP and had a new party, and there was also Shinto Sakigake, right, which was another new entity. There was Japan new party. There were so many new parties that people couldn't quite understand who's against who. And so the turnout went down. So this time, too, the turnout was not high, and it's to be expected in many ways. But, of course, that's also the secret of LDP continuous victory, Right, because basically, Abe continues to win, and I understand Chris will be talking more about the working of the single-member district system, Shōsen uh, And so I'm not going to go into that uh, today, but basically, a divided opposition and a low turnout is the secret of LDP support. And it's been that way for some time now. Right? Because if you then look at the number of uh, seats that the LDP won, you see that... Um, Right, so uh, Mori, when he was the uh, prime minister in 2000, so that's the leftmost uh, column, um, you see 233 seats. Then followed by Koizumi in 2003, two, 237, uh, the big uh, victory in the postal privatization election in 2005, uh, it jumped to 296. And then uh, 2009 is a disaster year when they fell from power and then followed by two victories by Abe before the last one, 294 seats, 291 seats. This time you see the far right corner, 284, nearly identical results. What is interesting is to look at the percentage of votes that the LDP received. Bear in mind that this is in the PR section, so I didn't pick the number for the single-member district, but it's for the proportional representation part, because that's the more honest vote. You know, people are less afraid that their vote will be wasted. There is somewhat more options available. So if you look at that, this is what called in Japanese zettai uh, tokyoritsu. So out of all voters, including those who abstained, you know, how many people are enthusiastic enough to go to the polling booth and vote for the LDP in the PR segment? And that number is very striking, right? Because this time it was 17.3% right? And in 2014, 17%, and in 2012, 16%, which basically translates about one in six Japanese voters voting for the LDP in the PR segment out of all voters, because of course, you know, about half of them don't vote, right? And among the rest, and including those people who vote for other parties, it's stable. And in fact, it's lower than when they lost in 2009, which is really quite remarkable, right? So when Asō was prime minister, and when LDP got soundly defeated by the DPJ in 2009 and fell from power, they scored higher than the last three victories of Abe, including the last one, right? So it's not due, you know, it's not like Abe is due back because of popular demand. It's not like voters who abandoned LDP in 2009 are coming back. They are not. In fact, the LDP continues to be as unpopular as it was when Mori was prime minister, (laughs) which is pretty bad. Koizumi saved the LDP to a certain degree, 20.2%, and the highest score that they had so far is 25.1% in the PR segment, so one in four Japanese voting for the LDP in the postal privatization election. And to give you some idea about comparison, you have the DPJ here. So the DPJ was actually doing quite decently compared to Koizumi even. Uh, If you look at 2003 and 2005, they were in the 20s. And in fact, in 2003, they were ahead of the LDP, even though it was Koizumi. We tend to remember Koizumi as the superstar, who is super charismatic and who is very good at elections. Actually, well, no. In 2003, they were behind the DPJ in real terms, and they also lost the 2004 upper house election. By the way, the uh, Koizumi's LDP was behind the DPJ in 2004 in the upper house election as well. So it's not just one occasion in 2003. It was the, you know, the show of the postal privatization election in 2005 that gave us the lasting impression that Koizumi is very good at elections, but he's not that popular, actually, in electoral terms. And certainly you can see that the DPJ was failing pretty well. And uh, the number shoots up from 15 to 21.6 percent, of course. This is after Ozawa joined the DPJ. Right, the Liberal Party got dis- was, was uh, basically absorbed by the DPJ, and they started to be a real competitor to the LDP. And then... Because catastrophe comes in 2012, its support collapses to nine point three percent. It goes into single digit, right? And it continues to be in single digit in 2014 as well. And what is very impressive in this time around, if you think of this past trend, is that this time the CDPJ, which you know got well, fifty-five seats, which is not many, but they got 10.3%, which, again, is not that many. But when you think about it, right, so the DPJ, before it fell apart, and this time it was basically now the DPJ, or well, the DP, the Democratic Party, Minshinto, uh, was split into four ways, basically, you can say, four ways, right, because the upper house DP is still in existence, and then there are some who joined, Well, in fact half of the lower house members joined the uh, party of Hope, Kibonoto, right? And about 20 or so decided to fight as independents. And the fewest number, 15, got into forming CDPJ, right? And the CDPJ, which is the smallest segment coming out of the former DP, actually got 55 seats, which is quite impressive for a party that only had three weeks to fight an election, and... In view of the fact that they only had 78 candidates out of 465 seats contested in all, the fact that they got 10.3% is actually quite impressive compared to the DPJ of the past anyway, because they fielded far more candidates, and that's all they got. The CDPJ could only afford and could only manage to find 78 candidates in all, and they still got 10.3%. So you see the momentum. You see the relative success in terms of the stagnant opposition party that we used to have until the, you know, the past month. Um, the other results, you know, we can discuss about the communists. We can discuss about, uh, you know, weis or, you know, whatnot. Uh, but... Um, I'd like to say a few words on the party of hope too, maybe, and Cometo. Well Cometo, it's significant that it lost five seats. Right he, um well, compared to two thousand fourteen, they lost six seats, but you know, before the election, uh they were down to thirty well actually yeah, they lost they lost six seats. So they lost six seats and that's bad news for Cometo. Right? Going below the thirty per thirty seats mark is uh quite a big defeat, and they even lost one single member district in Kanagawa, which hasn't happened in a long time. So it's a shocking news for them as well. And it seems to, at least, uh, you know, as far as we know for now, they seem to have lost votes to the CDPJ. Um, even during the campaigns, Kometo was getting involved in a negative campaign against CDPJ, indicating that they were really worried about the CDPJ. Because when you think about it, policy-wise, Komeito stands closer to CDPJ than it does to Abe's LDP, for sure. And, you know, those people who are Soka Gakkai members or Komeito voters, some of them, the estimates is about maybe 30% of them were already voting for other parties uh, in in the upper house election last year. Because they they don't like the direction of Komeito under Abe. Uh, and uh, it's not just security legislation, it's not just anti-conspiracy law, but it's also things like casino bill, by the way, right, casino law. Right? Soka Gakkai people have full of, I mean, the ladies in Soka Gakkai, right, who are really the most important part of Soka Gakkai, Kometo, you know, mobilization. You know, they, they don't like gambling because there is plenty of story in Soka Gakkai about the husband turning into gambling and becoming violent, and the family, you know, and then Soka Gakkai saved us. <laughs> so actually, Kometo, Kometo actually decided not to impose a party line in the, on the casino bill because they couldn't oppose it because it, it's in coalition with the LDP, but it couldn't really force people to vote in favor. So even the Kometo leadership actually split, it, split in terms of vote. Um, in the casino issue. And it's not over yet, right, because it's just the bill that passed and the subsequent implementation is still hanging in the balance. And so this would affect cometo behavior, at least to a degree, uh, in the weeks to come. And uh, of course, the Party of Hope, as was mentioned, you know, was a big flop in the end. You know, there was earlier talk about taking over the LDP and reliving the you know success of the Tokyo Metropolitan Assembly election. I've always been very skeptical about that idea. I have responded to interviews by journalists always saying that this is not going to happen, and I feel very vindicated that it didn't happen. Uh, I sweated for a while when Koizu- Koike was popular, but I was, I was firmly in the belief that it was not going to happen, and I can go into the reasons why later on if you're interested, but, uh, I- and it didn't happen. Uh, Koike didn't even dare to become a candidate uh, herself, right? So um, now the Party of Hope looks like uh, the more right-wing elements of the DP plus Nakayama <laughs> Nariyaki, who's crazy right-wing, <laughs> and uh, not much else. Right? I think over 90% of the uh, victors in uh, uh, among the 50 who won from the Party of Hope are former DP members. And so Koike is in this very odd situation in which <laughs> she's the leader of a party that's basically former DP right wing. And uh, they are very, of course, uh, unhappy with what happened, right? Because the momentum is gone, and they uh, look like a bunch of sold-out people <laughs> who got uh, you know, hijacked by Koike and taken to misery. Um, but anyway, uh, it's not doing very well. The actual result, I I finished because I think I'm running out of time, but um, the actual result is very, very similar to 2012, actually, I think. So yes, you know, the uh, center left collapsed. So if you look at the total, right, uh, 69 is very, very low uh, for CDP, SDP, and JCP combined 69 is the lowest compared to the others, but then on the other hand, there are the independents like Okada, you know, Genba, Azumi, Noda, those former DP members who refused to join the Party of Hope and who are sort of, you know, waiting to join the CDPJ in so, uh, one time or another, but not right now because that's, that would undermine the CDPJ's standing in many ways as a more clearly liberal party. but they are unlikely to join the LDP side or unlikely to join the Party of Hope side, and so they are more or less allied with the CDPJ and the center-left parties in general. So in that respect, if you do the math again, it's not that bad compared to before, right? And uh, if you look at the non-LDP right, because I tend to think we don't really talk about this often, but. Looking at the party system and, you know, looking at the non-LDP right is quite important. Because 2012 is the year actually when I decided to be a part-time activist. (laughs) Because I thought that the Japanese party system just collapsed. 2012. Because it's not just the LDP losing, going down from 308 to 57, which is pretty bad. It's also the LDP hijacked by Nippon Kaigi coming back to power. And then you had your party and Isshin adding together 76 seats. So you have a satellite center-right party set of parties around the LDP, which has turned to the extreme right to a certain you know, considerable degree. The DPJ falling for, from power in a disastrous way. And not only that, the DPJ members are more to the right than ever at this time because these are Matsushita Seikejuku types, conservative types, who are at the center of DPJ when they fell from power in '57, And so the political spectrum shifted so much to the right in all kinds of ways. The LDP shifted to the right. The DPJ got reduced, you know, dramatically in size and shifted to the right. And then you had your party and Ishing, you know, around also. And what happened to the leftist parties, right? They, They... they had what? They had uh, two self, uh, social democrats and eight communists, for a total of ten. <laughs> and this is what remains of what used to be the left-wing party in the 1955 system. So that's a real shift to the right of the political spectrum. And that, that was personally the reason why I decided that, okay, I can't just be studying this. Uh, I have to do something. And um, so basically, from my point of view, it's not worse than 2012. On a certain level, maybe it's actually somewhat better, because CDPJ is more clearly liberal, and it has certain momentum, and it has a leader in the form of Edano, you know, somebody who is missing for a long, long time. You know, Renho, Maihara, Okada, Kaeda, these were all lackluster politicians who really didn't capture popular imagination. I'm not sure whether Edano is all that charismatic, but at least the way he came out and the way he's being received at the moment is giving him certain momentum. So I don't want to exaggerate that part, but still, it's quite significant at the same time. So that's where we are, I think. The glass is still more than half empty, but it's also getting made perhaps closer to being half full at the same time. So... Uh, maybe I stop here and I pass on the microphone to Chris. Thank you. Thank you.